This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. You make them. We put you on the air. Otherwise, we've got some other interesting things to discuss tonight. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to the National Service Summit uh, and what went on over the, uh, I guess, over the weekend. I don't know if you paid any attention to that, Nick, but it's pretty scary stuff. But no, I didn't catch that. So. First, we're going to your phone calls and talking to uh, Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, sir? I wanted to know uh, what you guys knew about uh, Chuck Baldwin and um, why you you would or wouldn't support him uh, or vote for him. Okay. Uh, you know what? I haven't really been to his website, so I can't speak directly about Mr. Baldwin's positions. However, I am familiar generally with the Constitution Party, and that is who you're referring to, Chuck Baldwin is the presidential candidate for the Constitution Party. Now, Nick, I don't know if you've done any research into him. I'm actually reading his website right now. Okay, so. good, en- good enough. Um, but basically... But, it's but my I am just- familiar with the Constitution Party, so I have a general feel for where he's going to stand well, on most Correct issues. me if I'm wrong, then, with my uh, presumption here, or my understanding. Uh, it's my understanding of the Constitution Party, while they talk a good game about the Constitution and liberty, they're the kinds of... You know, they're more like the... Uh, the theocrat-style liberty people, if you can even call them liberty people, they, for instance, want to control drugs still. They are in favor of the war on drugs. Uh, they want to control immigration, so obviously they'd be in favor of all the border police state crackdown stuff. So, I mean, those two issues alone, for me, are deal-breakers. Uh, you know, if you don't respect the freedom of your neighbor to choose for themselves how to live, then there's no way I can possibly get behind you as uh, as a candidate. That's my thought. Nick? Yeah, um, they're still they're not great on on the war on drugs. I have to say that it's it's kind of a toss up this year if I was going to vote for either. Um, you know, if I if I was thinking about who's better, Barra Baldwin, it's a really tough call. Um, I have to say that at least Baldwin on the issues on his website, he's taking a pretty on the issues he addresses. He takes what you would expect from a libertarian candidate to take on. Um, as far as the tact he's taking, he's very definitely saying he would eliminate the Department of Education, he would repeal the Real ID Act. So um, there's a lot of issues that he's good on, but if you consider yourself kind of not necessarily a hardcore libertarian, but a consistent principled libertarian, uh, I think you're going to have some problems with a few of the issues. And I know that the the religion issue, uh, the Constitution Party can... I don't know what Chuck Baldwin's position on it is, but I know that they have a tendency to kind of blur the lines between church and state. Absolutely. They, they kind of, I think, even in their party platform, the literature I've read kind of says, we believe that the country should be run according to the Constitution and God's law. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those where a lot of the people there uh, kind of frighten me because they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're social conservatives to the point where they want to control basically everything yeah. you do based on the Bible. Uh, there are other people in the Constitution Party. You know, it's it, it's there's different people within of course the party, not. and some of them are more just constitutional, limited government types that 
probably they may just feel God, that. Yeah, but, I mean, they may feel the Constitution Party, uh, you know, hasn't been poisoned like the Libertarian Party has. I mean, certainly, I think, as you say, it's a toss-up between the candidates. Maybe Baldwin is a better pick than Barr. Honestly, I haven't really looked into him uh, because I just know enough about the Constitution Party to say that, well, anybody that supports throwing me in a prison cell, I can't possibly vote for. I know that uh, Libertarian, past Libertarian candidates like Harry Brown or, or Michael Badnarik never would have advocated uh, throwing a drug user in a jail cell or continuing the war on drugs or you know hurting immigrants. But these are the kinds of people who are more than willing to do that in defense of their so-called well, beliefs in the Constitution. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about that because I do know that at least the Constitution Party tends to have some respect for the Constitution. So, I mean... Chuck Baldwin is citing here with education. He's saying that the federal government has no authority over education. So, you know, you'd have to ask that question of Chuck Baldwin. I might try mm-hmm. Googling Chuck Baldwin with drug policy and see it's what he says. not on his website, though, huh? It's not one of the main <laughs> issues. So You can find the platform of the Constitution Party on their website, and it does make it pretty clear that they like the idea of continuing the war on drugs. So, deal breaker. Uh, your thoughts, Matt? Oh. Well, I, I I wasn't aware of the war on drugs thing. That's uh, that's a big one. Um, but how can somebody that follows the Constitution believe that the war on drugs is okay? I mean, the Constitution you know, <laughs> doesn't doesn't relegate the the um, the drugs to the federal government. That's not something that the federal government should be involved in at all. Yes. Uh, I mean, there are certainly constitutionalists that would agree with you, but I'm sure you could find some that would disagree. Uh, some would tell you that the general welfare clause may be what the excuse is. Well, that... anyone calling themselves a constitutionalist when they start falling back on the general welfare clause, that's a reason to be suspicious. But... Right. Well, I mean, anybody that claims to believe in liberty and at the same time out of the other side of their mouth is saying, well, if you smoke this plant, we're going to put you in a prison cell. Clearly, they need to do a little bit more thinking. So there and, you go. And I and I'd, I'd have to wonder what Chuck Baldwin, the man's stance on that is, rather than the uh, the constitutional party. So you're you're more um, against that party's platform rather than the uh, candidate himself, because you really don't know what his stance is on that. Yeah, you know, I'm just not interested in, in looking into... It doesn't seem like it'd be worth my while, so if you want to go dig around and see if you can get an answer and get back to us, that would be fine. Well, I, I uh, wrote an article uh, um, a day or two ago, and I uh, I stated that I had a problem with Chuck Baldwin uh, wanting to wanting the government to get involved in places where uh, it shouldn't be involved. I was thinking more in terms of uh, of uh, sexual behavior, people's sexual behavior. He, he, it seemed to me that he wanted to regulate that. Oh, really? What did yeah. you What did you read or hear? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I, it's certainly possible that I only went part of the way down the Constitution Party's platform. I certainly didn't read the entire thing. I might have spotted a couple of issues, and I, I don't think I recall looking at a gay rights issue, so I bet you they're bad on that one, too. Well, uh, not just gay rights, but... Um, I, I was under the impression that he was in uh, in favor of an amendment to uh, to define marriage as a man and a woman. Sounds something that you know, sounds like they would do that. A constitutional amendment, uh, and I've been told that he's not. I found something on his on his website that can be read and interpreted as that, mm-hmm. but it can be read and interpreted in a different way too. And so he's uh, it's kind of not clear. And um, right. I, you when, when you're going to vote for somebody, you want these kind of issues to be clear. Well, okay, well, uh, that's what I really liked about well, Ron Paul is he made things clear. He, sure, he 
stated well, his position and made it clear. And Ron Paul is an unusual creature in the land of politics. I mean, he's really one of the only people that's going to be crystal clear about his belief set. Right. And, it's, it's, you know, he doesn't care. He knows that he's alienating some people and he's, you know, gaining favor with others. But at least you know where he stands, exactly where he stands, and either you accept it or you don't. Again, I'm not on uh, Baldwin's website right now. I'm on the Constitution Party platform, and in relation to – I don't see anything about marriage right now, but uh, their, their paragraph on pornography or their couple of paragraphs on pornography definitely point to a very intolerant viewpoint. The last sentence is, while we believe in the responsibility of the individual and corporate entities to regulate themselves, we also believe that – our collective representative body we call government plays a vital role in establishing and maintaining the highest level of decency in our community standards. I mean, that sounds to me ominous. I am not interested so, in getting behind this at all. So they do have uh, um, some kind of a collectivist mindset there. They're not, to some they're extent. not the, uh, the individualists that we're looking for. Well, they believe to, in the uh, state. They believe in the state right. fully. It's just that they want theirs to be what they believe is a constitutional state, and that is, of course, their interpretation of the Constitution, just as the others, you know, obviously are free to interpret it however they want to. The one thing I will say is that if they were to actually stick to, um, say, Chuck Baldwin's position on tax reform, Regardless of his stance on some of the issues, he probably wants smaller government because he says uh, end the income tax, death tax, and property tax and replace it with nothing. Apparently all he wants is a 10% tax on all imports, and that's it. Thank you for the call tonight, Matt. Appreciate the discussion. Glad you brought it up because I'm sure there were other people out there that had heard the name and were curious, but also, like me, hadn't really done any digging. And uh, we can dig around more if you want and find some other nasty stuff about the Constitution Party people. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. They include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, plus a webcam. You can get it all over at listen.freetalklive.com. That again, listen.freetalklive.com. And... Don't forget to check out our friends over at the Free State Project, freestateproject.org. It is a fantastic organization that is devoted to uh, convincing 20,000 liberty-loving people to move to New Hampshire in order to get active for liberty, uh, to, to get liberty to actually happen in our lifetime. And it's an amazing group of folks. There's already about 600 people that are in New Hampshire already as part of the Free State Project. That doesn't include the other hundreds of people that are excited about the Free State Project. Uh, Nick, you uh, are a New Hampshire native. You've lived here for a long time. and you're one of, Yeah, you're one of those uh, New Hampshire natives that is really jazzed about having this influx of liberty-loving people coming here. Uh, there's only about, there's about 8,500 sign-ups so far, so we really need to, to get that number moving forward and get to that 20,000 mark. It's actually over 86 now, largely. Really? Yep. Um, and I don't know how long... Do you know if Mark is still doing his campaign to donate money to, I think it was, was it St. Jude's Children's Hospital? St. Jude, and yes, that is going on through the end of Thursday. So if you sign up for the Free State Project, perhaps you've been sitting on the fence, been 
considering it. Maybe your significant other has been less than excited or less than motivated to move. And, and perhaps giving $15 to the, uh, the cancer kids would be a way to get people to jump off the fence and get signed up. Because if you do sign up by Thursday night, it's uh, Mark's throwing in 5 bucks, I'm throwing in 5 bucks, and there's another gentleman... Uh, on the internet that Mark knows of, who is also going to match the $5 pledge. So it's now up to $15 per cent. And it, it's off to a good start for this week. Uh, well, in the past seven days, 49 new participants. Yeah. That's uh, well above what the average, the average over the last several months has been like 14 a week. Exactly. So it's definitely making a difference. And if you're, you've kind of been on the edge, you think you're going to sign up for it, uh, give it some serious thought. Because if you do it before Thursday, you can help out some sick kids as well as make that commitment to moving somewhere that it'll really create a tangible benefit in your life. You'll be no doubt. probably more free by moving here the first day you get here, and you, there's a lot of work yet to be done, but you'll have an opportunity to work with some great activists and be around people who know what you're talking about and understand where you're coming from. 800-259-9231. So again, that's freestateproject.org to learn more about it and get involved because this really is the best chance for liberty in our lifetime. I'm convinced of it. That's why I moved here two years ago as part of the Free State Project as an early mover. And you're just not – I'm sorry. I just don't think you're going to get anywhere by throwing your money and your time and your effort behind these national candidates, of which there really aren't even any liberty-oriented national candidates at this point. Ron Paul was as close as we got this year, and he was pretty darn liberty-oriented, like 98%. Uh, we just had a gentleman call in about this Chuck Baldwin character from the Constitution Party who's been getting some – press because he's been hanging out with Ron Paul, but this guy isn't even close to Ron Paul. We were paging through the both his website and the Constitution Party's platform during the breaks, and it's it's just bad. I mean, the more you dig in, the, the worse it gets. These are people that have a very defined, well-defined for them, uh, moral system, and they have no compunction whatsoever about enforcing their system of morals over top of you, if you happen to disagree with it. And so if you love liberty and you're considering voting for these people, you really need to ask yourself why, because they obviously don't get it. 800-259-9231. So if you really want to focus your efforts, you really want to concentrate some liberty activism, New Hampshire is the place to be and the Free State Project is it. Certainly. I know there's a lot of people out there frustrated because your choices right now, if you're looking for a pro-liberty candidate on the ballot, the best you can do in most states is... Bob Barr or Chuck Baldwin, and right. neither one of them really stands the test. And we so. know they're not going home with the prize at the end of the yeah, election. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of pointless because you know the difference is maybe Bob Barr will pull in four to six percent instead. I of think it's optimistic. I don't oh, know, no. man. If that happens, I'll be blown away. Nationally, I think probably two percent. I'll be that optimistic. would be like the highest libertarian vote vote count ever, and it would be so sad too because Bob Barr also, like Baldwin, is not even close to being a libertarian, or at least what a libertarian used to be. Yeah. So anyway. Free State Project definitely something to consider if you're getting frustrated. I know a lot of people are asking, "What do we do now?" The Free State Project's here and it's making a difference. So it's something constructive and positive you can do instead of becoming cynical, and which the, happens to a lot of people. The thing I like about a lot of the religious folks in the Free State Project is they do get the liberty thing. Uh, the, the ones, most of them, at least, the ones that I've talked to, 
that are really devout Christians, for instance, like I'm sure many of the Constitution Party people would consider themselves Christians. But the people in the Free State Project understand that in order to have liberty for themselves and their family, they have to allow their neighbors to have liberty for themselves and their family as well. And that means allowing your neighbors to be homosexual and allowing your neighbors to be, uh, you know, to make moral choices for themselves that you might disagree with, whether it's using drugs or whatever it is. So the people that are here totally respect the people there uh, that are also in the Free State Project and, the, and their neighbors, and they respect their choices, and they respect uh, – they, they won't aggress against them, which it seems like the Constitution people, uh, Bob Barr, the Libertarian Party now, has been taken over from the inside. All of the people on the political stage at this moment – and that on the national level are absolutely people advocating aggression against their neighbors. The worst, though, are, are, of course, the two major parties. I mean, they are by far the worst. I mean, at least the Constitution Party is okay with secession, for instance. But these Republicans and Democrats over the weekend were at a conference, the Service Nation Summit, and they were all palling up and, you know, talking about how they're getting along on national service and how it needs to be brought about. And we actually have Bile on the line with us, called toward the end of the show last night, didn't have enough time to really dig into the story because Bile actually attended the Service Nation Summit on behalf of uh, Free Talk Live to get us sort of the inside scoop. So here you are, Bile, and uh, what did you have to share with us tonight? Uh, I don't even know where to start. <clears throat> it's a lot, isn't it? It was a big. It was a long conference. I watched some of the interviews of the presidential candidates, and it was just absolutely disgusting what I saw. You want to start there? Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of statism um, there. Uh, I guess there's a. I ha- I'm putting together from my website sort of a. Um, uh, I have summaries from when I was actually there live, mm-hmm. but I'm putting together like a video summary. So some of the things that I noted was, uh, I mean, McCain said he was against uh, compulsory service, which I guess is good, um, but he advocated growing the military several times. And, in yeah. fact, at one point he said, uh, he goes, quote, I think the all-voluntary force is having difficulty recruiting and re- retaining because we are too small and we need to expand the size of our military and we need to do it as rapidly as possible. You know, there's a there's a very distinct difference uh, between being against uh, against compulsory service and actually uh, standing against it, actually, you know, re- rejecting the bills that might come across his desk. And of course, a politician is going to say before he is elected, "Oh, I would, I, I am not in favor of uh, compulsory. I am not in favor of the draft. I am not interested in forcing people into this." But then, when the time comes around, and Bile, I want to bring you back for more discussion here. When the time comes around, because uh, the military's not recruiting enough people, because a bunch of folks are dying over in some desert, uh, people don't want to join the military at that point, then all of a sudden the tune will change. Then, well, you know, I am against compulsory service, but unfortunately it's necessary. That's one of their favorite words. Sports coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And next, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. 
and they include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over uh, ooh, like almost 400,000 posts. In fact, we might even be over that amount at this point. Yeah, not quite. Not 398,000 posts. So quickly approaching that 400,000 post mark. Get interactive over there. Free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections. And they do early out billing as well as purchasing charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That, again, is SACL CAI. As we go back to Bile, who was our man in uh, on the inside at the weekend Service Nation conference that was going on in new york city this past september 11th weekend of course the perfect time to pander to the american audience and sell them on the idea of how it's great to be a bureaucrat which is really the translation of all of the double speak and political just nonsense that was spouted off at this uh, conference i didn't actually attend the conference but i did watch some of the videos that are online from the presidential interviews and it was just disgusting Disgusting what they were saying. So Orwellian, so scary what these people have planned. And of course, they're going to play it off and pawn it off as being, oh, well, we support voluntary initiatives. It's just that we think that volunteering to be a bureaucrat is worthwhile and good. And of course, as Bile was just pointing out to us a moment ago, there are, there's, they say one thing, but then later they say other things. Like, they say one thing like, well, I'm against compulsory service. And then later they talk about how McCain, for instance, talks about how he wants to triple the size of the military or something like that. They're having military recruiting problems right now. How are you going to double or triple the size of the military and not have to reinstitute a draft without really inflating the economy by printing out a whole bunch more money? Bile, your thoughts? Well, in fact, that quote I read you before the break, he's saying that the way to get more recruits is to make the military bigger. I don't know how that works exactly. Yeah, I, I don't suppose. get that. <laughs> but but that's what he that's what he said, and yeah. it's and it's not even a Republican um, thing. It, Barack Obama um, uh, said that he wants to uh, make the distribution of where recruits come from mm-hmm. uh, more equal. So he wants more kids from urban areas to be represented in the military, and he wants. Uh, um, more people in the military and in non-military service, regardless of whether or not there's a war. Some sick stuff. Uh, what was the what was the crowd like? I mean, who were you surrounded by as you were there? Did you kind of get a feel for that? Uh, as you would probably expect, there was a a lot of Obama and Hillary supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to the point that many of the people in the press room were in fact clapping for Obama during the speeches and stuff. Mm. Uh, uh, the, the people were kind of creepy, cheery. Um, uh, you know, the, everyone's talking. Uh, the, the thing that was m- most aggravating is many of the examples they gave of, of volunteerism, of what they called service, was in fact private groups, um, mm-hmm. private individuals who provided uh, services for people or, uh, you know, um, the Case Foundation. Um, I mean, John Bon Jovi was there and was talking about uh, the charities he set up. 
and they give example after example, but you know, ninety percent of them are actually private. And then they turn back and say, "And that's why we need to make the government programs bigger." Right, that right. That's that's why we need to triple uh, AmeriCorps or whatever. Didn't you say that was one of the proposals that's on the table to triple the size of AmeriCorps? Yeah, that that was the the only real legislation that was um, brought up during the during the summit was the Serve America Act, and unfortunately, it's not available to the not public yet. yet. Um, but uh, from what I gather, it's supposed to increase the size of AmeriCorps from like 75000 to 250000 um, and increase, obviously, how much money they get and, and, and different things. Hillary Clinton was talking about, and she's talked about this before, sort of setting up a um, bureaucrat college. Oh, my you gosh. Go to, you can go to a school to pretty much learn how to be a, a go to college to be a bureaucrat and then you would have to spend 5 years afterwards um working for the government. Wow. I think that's, I think that's been on the table for a little while yeah. but uh, she hasn't gotten much very far with it. You know, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the point about how what they're doing is they're conflating real volunteerism with these government programs. It's one of the sneakiest things, in my opinion, about this entire push for this so-called idea of national service. They'll again, it's at one at one point they'll be talking about the, all these great volunteer efforts that really do make a difference in people's lives because they're real volunteer efforts, and then at the same time they conflate it and they pretend like AmeriCorps or their other government programs, these make-work programs, is somehow in the same vein as real volunteer work. And I'm sorry if you're getting a $10,000 living stipend as well as free housing, you are not a real volunteer. You're a paid bureaucrat. You're a, you're a government employee. You're a relatively low-paid federal bureaucrat because usually feds make a lot more than $10,000 a year. So essentially, they're getting bureaucrats to work for, mu- for much less now is basically what they're doing. And I can't imagine that they're doing anything particularly more strenuous than the average bureaucratic job, which is usually pretty droll and sh- paper shuffling style stuff. I mean, it's just give me a break. Right. Now, Bile, Bile, did they talk a lot about using the term the opportunity to serve? Because I've noticed they do that in a mm. lot of speeches. And they make yeah. it sound as though currently youths who want to get involved doing volunteer work, that there's, nothing. There, there's no way that they can get involved unless we grow these programs. Did they take that line on it at all? Absolutely. Uh, Bloomberg, I think um, uh, Obama, Clinton, many of them, practically everyone pretty much said, well, you know, I know cases where people come up to me and say, well, how can I help out? And I've got nowhere to send them. Um, and of course, that's ludicrous. Yeah. You, know, you can you can do everything from picking up trash on the street to mm-hmm. uh, feeding the homeless or, or, or whatever, and it doesn't require some bureaucrat to help you out. But yeah. they really pushed the whole idea of the the state is like there's volunteerism and then there's service, and yes. service being state volunteerism is like a higher call than normal volunteerism. Right. I mean, you had you had people like uh, Admiral. Um, Michael Mullen, who who at the end of his speech said, keep singing, um, re- referring to God bless America, keep waving like flags, and keep serving. Um, and then in Ser- Service Nation actually has this thing called the Declaration of Service. And at the end of the sort of the whole um, summit, they had a bunch of people stand up and read parts of this this um, this Declaration of Service. Okay. And one of the lines uh, is. We believe all individuals can make a difference, and anyone can be great. 
because anyone can serve. Yes, so the suggestion, and this is the message I got just from watching the presidential portions. I'm sure it was pushed throughout the weekend. Uh, the message is very, was very crystal clear that the best thing you can do in America is to work for the government. It is the greatest thing that one can do. Not going out into the private marketplace. They sort of patted the private marketplace on their head. They said, oh, well, we do need the private people doing their thing. But what we really need are more people serving. Because apparently people that are making a profit and people that are actually providing real services and products on a voluntary basis, apparently they're not serving according to the political definition of what serving is. And so really, unfortunately, most Americans that are going to watch stuff like this are not going to have the, the level of uh, analysis that we're having on the air right now, they're not going to understand how they're conflating things that aren't related together as though they are, and they're not going to uh, to, to draw these conclusions. Do you, do you think they are, or am I, am I off on that? Uh, no, I think you're fairly accurate. I think most people, especially given today's uh, sort of political atmosphere, um, it's you know very nationalistic, very sort of fascist, and, and uh, you know, country first. Is there more that you uh, that you have to share uh, to share more notes? Anything you wanted to get out? Uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, people can just go to my my blog. blog yeah, let's have them do that. Blogofbile.com. Is that what it is? Yes. Great. Go there. Uh, get more detail on this and get involved in the discussion on the BBS blogofbile.com. We'll come back with more. And Bile, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. If you want to comment on this, you're a Bile means. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in. And we use it to AMP, to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, to get on more radio stations across the country, around the world, uh, get more Internet listeners on board, and spread the ideas of liberty as far and as wide as we possibly can. So if you want to help us out with that, head over to amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Plus, don't forget to visit Nick over on his website at freemindstv.com. Nick is a uh, television host of uh, Freeminds TV, also a radio host with Freeminds Radio, and you can get both programs uh, totally free, just like this program is available free. You can get those at freemindstv.com. Yeah, we hope people come by and check it out if they haven't already. Absolutely. And we're going to continue discussing briefly here this service nation or national slavery, as I prefer to call it, summit that was uh, going on over the weekend. We had Bile from blogofbile.com discussing what he observed from actually being there. And they are really pushing the idea of getting Americans to become bureaucrats. They're talking about how it is that bureaucrats are better and that the work that bureaucrats do is the most important work in America and all this nonsense. Well, there is a mentality, especially among the more hardcore statists, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't realize that they're that authoritarian, but the mentality is that if you're doing something in the marketplace for profit, it's it's not a worthy endeavor because it's greedy. Right, it's greed and if you're whatever you're doing for the government, it's 
it's noble because you're doing, you know, right. you're representing the will of the majority, which isn't actually true. But well, of course yeah, they want to yeah. tell themselves that, right. right? And you're improving the nation as if, you know, the free marketplace hasn't improved the right. nation and created <laughs> virtually all the products and services that we use on yeah. a day-to-day Look basis. around you. Everything that you see was brought to you by someone in search of a profit. They are the true providers of service in America, and the bureaucrats... I mean, if they are providing something of value, and I mean, for instance, they do provide the water around here, but that's because they own that monopoly and nobody else is allowed to. So if they are providing something of value, it could be provided on a voluntary basis in that I do pay voluntarily for the water service. I could have it turned off. They're not forcing me to have that particular service. But most of the government uh, paradigm is completely forced. It's completely coercive. And there's nothing honorable and there's nothing noble about stealing from your neighbor in order to support your business. So true businessmen, the people in the marketplace, are really the noble ones. They're the ones out there offering products and services on a voluntary basis. If you don't want to buy them, and if most people don't buy them, and if, especially if nobody buys them, those guys are going out of business. So the bureaucrats will never go out of business. As long as people keep paying taxes, they'll always have work. They'll always have something to do. They'll always have something to fill their time with and collect a paycheck at the end of the week, whether or not an actual service or valuable product was delivered to the end consumer. Right. I mean, there's no accountability. It doesn't matter if the work is productive or not because it's funded through taxes. So nobody actually has to demand a product or service. You can just have people digging holes and filling them back in. And to be honest, there are a lot of government jobs that aren't much more effective than that. They're just digging holes and making right. work so they can fill them back in. The, well, the whole recycling program was essentially a, a government make work job, uh, just as another example. So l- let's briefly here talk uh, about the idea of th- this this idea they're promulgating that bureaucrats are better people, and we see it in news coverage. Uh, we see it generally in society. There is this idea that those who allegedly serve the public in bureaucrat roles are better people. And here's a perfect example of it from LouRockwell.com's blog. This coming from a news reporter for a TV station who will not be named. He says, I'm outraged at what I've seen at the horif- about the horrific train wreck that killed about 20 people. It's about 11, it's almost 11 p.m. now that they've been pulling dead bodies out since 5. They have now pulled out the body of an LAPD officer who was evidently commuting home and was killed along with everyone else. So, when the corpses of the peons were pulled out, they laid their bodies on the dirt and covered them with white plastic. You should see what they did with the saint from the LAPD, however. They made a long double line from the wreck, dozens of officers and firemen at rigid attention, and saluting as an honor guard of about ten firemen, carried his already flag-draped coffin straight to a waiting ambulance. Of course, there were plenty of pauses for silence and prayer. You'd think it was the body of Mother Teresa. So why was this man more special than the other unfortunate train riders? Disgusting and appalling says a commenter, just because he's a union member and jackbooted government employee, his remains get special treatment, while the lady that works in the office, her carcass, lays in the dirt. So sad. It is, and it is just because that man wore a badge is really the reason he got that kind of treatment and that extra level of respect. And that's the attitude, not just with the police force or the the fire department, but with almost all government, all government. bureaucrats. They look out for one another and they don't care whether whether the regular folk are getting the services that they need 
Exactly, and the, and that's what I like how you say they look out for one another because the government understands the government people understand whether the bureaucrats themselves understand this I don't know doubtful but the guys higher up understand that their appearance of legitimacy is their it's really all they've got I mean they are a violent gang of men and women who are ruling by threat of force over others but they don't want anyone to really come to understand that so they have to put all this pomp and circumstance around doing their violence that's why they have a so called public court system so they can have these show trials that really are completely stacked against the people who are in them I mean after all the judge is working for the same organization as the prosecutor so I mean the, the, the trials are a big joke but most people don't realize it because it seems legitimate right Right. And of course, the news media pals along with the government and just parrots out their press releases and never questions any of this. So the government, when one of their government people dies, there's always a ceremony. There's always talk about how great this man was for serving his his community and his country and all this nonsense that we uh, we constantly hear about government. It's them protecting their image. It's them projecting the idea that government people are better and they deserve better treatment. And that's because they're legitimate. They're our legitimate. Legitimate rulers. That's essentially the message that they're putting out there. It's not the message of government's your servant and you pay them to do certain things for you, which, of course, is what some people would like to believe about government. That's not the case at all. It's not the message they're putting out quite clearly. No. Well, they don't want to serve you. They don't want to be a servant state, which arguably at one point, I guess you could say that, you know, historically in the United States, yeah, There might have been a point where the government was essentially limited to a few things, and it was essentially fulfilling roles that were difficult to fulfill in the marketplace, or at least people thought so. But that's not the case today, and it hasn't been for quite some time. I mean, they really are rulers What's, and th- that's what they want to do is rule over you. Yes, and and they will get away with it as long as you continue to consent to it. And that's what, one of the things we were discussing last night is is withdrawing consent. And that, of course, results in them being put into a very difficult situation where either choice they make will result in them losing their precious legitimacy. If they arrest people for not consenting and for disobeying, then they look they look like the violent gang that they really are. And if they ignore you, then they look like they're incompetent and and they look like they're uh, selectively enforcing their laws, and they you can begin to make them look silly, especially if you continue if they continue to ignore you, you can basically make them look like asses, and then they really lose legitimacy because they really need to be seen as this serious group, this organization that is legitimately in control, and you must obey them. But if people stop obeying, then it, it all starts to crumble. Uh, let's go to your phone calls. We're going to come back and talk more about Service Nation and how it is they're going to bring this about. How are they going to introduce this idea of national service? What are some of the ideas that are on the table for that. Let's go first to your phone calls. Roger's on the line in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, you didn't, gentlemen. Hey, you're on doing? the amp line. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Um, and to talk off topic, but it's hard to be on topic when you're a podcast listener. That's like okay. I, um, I was a alternate delegate to uh, the Republican National Convention from Iowa, mm-hmm. and I was listening to the podcast the other night where you guys were discussing uh, the things that the Republican Party did to the Ron Paul people that were there. Turned off microphones, uh, uh, sent uh, security agents, or rather, uh, not security agents, but the Secret Service agents to shake down the Ron Paul activists, to steal their handouts, to steal anything they had that had Ron Paul on it. All kinds of uh, suppression was going on there. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, I didn't see any of that, I guess. I I did hear quite a bit of some of that, but um, I was actually able to get... Um, the Ron Paul books in uh, 
his new book out. I was actually handing them out while I was in the lobbies and stuff. I handed out about a dozen of them. Oh, that's good. Um, if you didn't bring as many in, they didn't search as much to know that you actually brought them in. It's what mm-hmm. amounted to on that respect. But they did, a lot of the people, when they did vote, um, what they did, they had a rule, which is a funny thing, uh, that since his name was on the ballot, you're not allowed to actually announce his name. But a lot of the states <laughs> did that. And... Uh, and some of the states didn't. What they did is they had so many total votes, and what they did is just, just left those votes off. We were watching as they did it. We knew which states. They said their maximum votes was like 38 and ended up going 36, so we knew that the other two were Ron Paul's. I didn't know if you had more, Roger. Hang on. We'll get back to you if you got more to tell us about uh, your experience there. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, we'll continue the discussion uh, from last hour about national service, or as I prefer to call it, national slavery. But before we do that, we go back to Roger in Iowa, who apparently was an alternate delegate at the Republican National Convention. And Roger, you were sort of telling us about your experiences. You apparently did not have your microphone cut off, or maybe, I don't know if you went up to the microphone, but you did, you did not, to your knowledge, have Secret Service agents following you and harassing you and stealing your stuff from you. And you say that's because you sort of smuggled it in to where you weren't trying to bring a whole bunch of stuff and they weren't really aware that you were actually present doing what you were doing and uh, you were telling us a little bit more so go ahead with your thoughts um yeah it was yeah i kind of played it under the cover that seemed to work good for me uh for most of the time i've been in the republican party is kind of laying under going underneath the radar more than anything um i guess more of my thoughts were i guess more the memorable things at the convention while i was there um i was able to as an alternate delegate could get a delegate's pass to go down on the floor and as I was walking around on the floor of the convention, I could hear these people going, these Ron Paul people are just out of control. What are we going to do with them kind of thing? Really? And I'd walk to a different area, and they'd be saying the same thing. Interesting. Um, one of the other more memorable things was uh, uh, I got to know the people from Oklahoma and those other states quite well. And I, when their state came to do their vote, they came up and, and said that they were all their votes were going to McCain. And I saw the... Oklahoma guy later had come back to us and was telling, he was almost in tears. I just, it, it hurt me so bad. He'd worked so hard to get there as a Ron Paul supporter. And he said he actually voted for Ron Paul and six other guys, uh, or six other delegates of his state. And his state delegate that 
reports the votes actually reported them in, reported them fraud. Oh my gosh! I mean, they were and, really just and, doing everything they could to suppress oh, yeah. anything at all, Ron Paul. I mean, even breaking their own absurd and uh, arbitrary rules. Oh yeah, it was just unbelievable. I, I, wow. I, the, the, the thing with the whole thing, I thought I'll never go again unless I'm a delegate. Thank goodness. I don't understand why these folks continue to think they're going to have some chance of turning this organization upside down from the inside. I mean, it's just crazy to believe that they're going to be able to take it over. The Libertarian Party's been subsumed, and the Republican Party's been long gone for far longer. I mean, this is this is an impossible task, it seems to me. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, well, I, I, I agree with you up to a point on that, Ian. I guess I've had a lot of success myself uh, working within the party here. It's, just a, it's a long, tedious process. What do you describe as <laughs> – wait, 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 hold on. Before you go on, you said you have success. What do you describe as success? Um, I actually have people come up to me and, and tell me, you know, you're a Ron Paul supporter. I wish I, wish I would have voted for Ron now. Um, they want more information for me. You know, with the new thing with the Campaign for Liberty, some people come up to me and want to know more about that because what they've seen happen now only has, um, made them think more that they were wrong before about not supporting Ron Paul or Let me see if this, I can relate. Let me see if I can relate my experiences in politics to what you're experiencing right now because I think I can, and maybe I can, but you can tell me what you think here in a moment. Uh, I did seven, six or seven years, maybe five. I don't even know. It's a long time. It was a long time ago, the beginning of this uh, decade. I basically spent the first half of the decade working on behalf of the Libertarian Party and going out, spending my own time, my own money, going out and setting up outreach booths, for instance, at uh, events like gun shows, uh, gay and lesbian pride fest, the county fair. So it was all over the map, right? I, I went and talked to all kinds of different people about the ideas of liberty, and we gave out the, the world's smallest political quiz, which you can take at quiz.freetalklive.com. It's a really neat little uh, device that the Advocates for Self-Government came up with to find out where people are at politically. And of course, wherever it was that I went to, whether it be the county fair or Pride Fest or the gun show, so no matter what the audience was, it was usually about 40% that would score in the libertarian quadrant of the quiz. And so obviously I felt like, wow, you know, this is great. When I was out there doing the outreach, it, it was good. So I kept doing it. I thought, man, we're really reaching a lot of people here. Look at these numbers, 40%. And yeah, sure enough, there were some good things that came out of it. I mean, I did meet some real superstars just one or two, but you, when you're processing through thousands of people, inevitably you're going to find those diamonds in the rough. Uh, and, number, and both of them are, are now, for instance, uh, members of the Free State Project, and they're moving here. But it was a lot of time, it was a lot of money, it was a lot of effort to uncover just a couple of uh, really great activists. I'm not saying I regret it. I don't. It was a great learning experience. It really helped me uh, become more extroverted uh, because when you're running a booth, you don't just stand there behind the table and let people take stuff. You, you really have to reach out to them. You really have to kind of pitch them basically on what it is that you're doing. So you really have to be kind of a, a hard salesman or like a, almost like a carnival barker in order to get, to get people's attention. So it was, it was a good experience for me, but I, I felt like I was really doing more than I actually was. I felt that there was this psychic mental reward that I was getting, but but when I looked for the results, the actual physical, tangible, concrete results, they just weren't there. Uh, we would get email addresses from people, for instance, uh, that were interested in, as you say, learning more, uh, that, that seemed uh, that they were 
they were definitely libertarian minded. I mean, they were scoring things like 90-90 or 100-100 on the quiz. So clearly they were qualified uh, prospects. They would take some information home. They would leave some of their contact info. And then at one point, I remember the Libertarian Party in Sarasota threw a, a picnic they threw like a barbecue picnic out at the beach, and the idea was to invite all of these people, these hundreds of email addresses that we'd received over the last year or so doing these outreach events, and no one came. No one except the core Libertarian Party guys that go to every single party meeting yep. attended the event. So after having spent all that time, money, and effort on doing that outreach, I really felt like it was almost completely worthless, with the exception of uncovering one or two people in the five-year time span that I was doing that sort of work. So while I understand how you feel about feeling like you're doing something significant with these folks – they haven't – I just don't know if it's really worthwhile. I, I'm not going to say stop. I think if you feel right no. about it, you should continue doing it. But uh, for me, it was like eventually this is a waste of my time. I'm moving to New Hampshire. I'm getting active there because there we can really make a difference. And I really do feel like we're starting to see tangible results here in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you in that respect, Ian, too. And it's I'm at the, you know, I got started, to tell you the truth, you guys got me all started in this thing by listening to Free Talk Live, and I got involved with the Ron Paul group and then started getting involved with the Republicans. I had been not involved with party stuff for like 25 years, and uh, just seeing the problems that our country is having and getting more involved with it because of my concerns, I'm starting to see more and more people being concerned, and I think that's the only way we're going to get enough of these people to where they're going to want to work at it and, and get involved in it is by it actually affecting their lives. Because people really don't care until it really see, you see it affected in themselves. That and is I, true. I think we're starting to see that with the way the economy has been going mm. and the way that uh, taxes have been going. I, I think we're going to start seeing that, and I'm hoping. And, it, and if it doesn't work out that way, I'm going to try to think of other things to do to try I have to, to say, I appreciate uh, Roger. I have to say, I appreciate your optimism, and I thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't think that that politics is necessarily a bad route to go because most people who get involved with libertarianism aren't going to jump straight to being a narco-capitalist. No, certainly not. Free it's a process. They're going to. Yeah, most people are going to either be. Republicans, or they're going to get involved with the Libertarian Party, and they're going to sort of have a logical progression as they say, well, I don't believe that the government should be using force to tell people how to do this and right. this and this, so why do I think that the government can tell you to do what, whatever I think they can mm-hmm. tell you to do? Um, so I think there's a logical progression there, so it's not necessarily it's not necessarily going to be an immediate payoff. You might turn somebody on to say Ron Paul and maybe five or ten years down the line, they turn into this hardcore libertarian because they've had this progression. Sure. And, you know, I, I think that some people in the Ron Paul campaign, certainly, I, I think it was a, a success in terms of how it actually turned out, how many people it reached. I uh, think so. I don't feel, I don't regret having given money to the Ron Paul campaign. I think that he reached out to some new people, for sure. He got, yeah, he got the message out there, that's for sure. And I think some people were overly optimistic about how quickly you could affect change. I still think you can get some success in the political process, 
But they, some people thought it was going to happen overnight. Everyone right. would wake up to the message. Yeah, don't get don't fool yourself overnight. into believing you're going to be able to change the Republican or Democratic parties from the inside and make them more liberty-oriented. But I think that maybe Roger's goals are a little more realistic, just touching people on an individual basis and helping them understand liberty. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. So head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's Shrine. FreeTalkLive.com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com or see their banner at FreeTalkLive.com. Again, InnerKnobs.com as we continue with your phone calls. We've got Luke on the line in Australia on the amp line. Luke, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian. I'm just giving you guys an update. About four months ago, I gave you a call about uh, my imminent birth of a baby that I was about to have and how I was attempted to try the old conspiracy theory with the name in uppercase. And we um, decided, my partner and I decided to stick the baby's name in lowercase on the birth certificate. And um, it all turns out the government here in Australia, or at least in our state, was prepared to do that. So yeah, not, you know, uh, since we discussed the the last time since we discussed the all caps conspiracy on the show, which I found fascinating, uh, I have seen some other documentation from governments that do not have names in all caps. So clearly, uh, even if it is true that they have this corporate person concept, the idea that uh, the government creates these legal fictions, corporations, and, and names them the same as you. Uh, if that is true, it's certainly not consistent. Uh, the government is certainly not consistent in following its its rules, if it does even have a rule that says that the corporate persons are supposed to be labeled in all caps. And clearly you've found even yeah. more evidence of that. I'd kind of agree. And the one thing that I would say that was unusual is that the government itself was a rather... Um Interesting in their approach with uh, the parents' names. They put both my wife's and I's name in lowercase as well on the certificate. So I think they were extra cautious in terms of having their butts covered. But I would say to anybody thinking about it, um, just send a cover letter with your birth certificate registration stating that it is your intent and it is not a mistake that it's in lowercase and that you wish your certificate to be issued in lowercase. And more importantly, for the database itself to have the registry and or entered in on that registry in lowercase as well. So all your correspondence you get from them should be always in lowercase. Well, again, I don't, got I'd like to point out... a few different lawyers here in Australia, and they recommended that if they sent it back to you in uppercase, you're simply returning it to them and saying, look, that's the wrong name, mm-hmm. and be polite about it, and basically keep this argument going until you get what you want. But did the lawyers, Luke, before you go on, did the lawyers suggest that there was actually something to the conspiracy theory? Um, they think it's a conspiracy theory yet to be proven. So huh. um, they may personally think that it could be true and correct, but they said there's nothing actual concrete in law. So again, they think maybe it comes back to merchant and maritime law. That might be their best explanation of why that's the case. Hmm. And perhaps it even has silly things to do with like the names of ships and how they're in uppercase and why they thought this was a way of incorporating a person. But again, they were interested as well. They didn't say don't do it, but they were more on the lines that if you do do it, be polite. Um, 
always talk to them in a way that you're saying that insistent, so I'm insisting that this is the case. But the interesting thing, I guess, for our child now will be throughout its life, what does it choose to do with its name in lowercase? Will it ask for a driver's license in lowercase or a passport? Or it's an interesting... Account, yeah, I, I have to say it's an interesting approach to actually see if you can get the government to refer to you uh, with your regular, mostly lowercase name, uh, I think it's a fascinating yep. little experiment that you're engaging in. And, and again, we're we're a lot of us are experimenting with some of these ideas. I don't think there's necessarily, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but it's an, an interesting concept, and it's one that you can actually put to a test. Unlike many conspiracy theories, which are just fantasy well, ideas about something that might be happening. Kind of felt the same way that it's an actual theory. It's um, nothing wrong with testing the theory and. If it was true that it was actually the case and we were in court, it would have been interesting to see what the government would try to say about it. So I think maybe the government's headed off an argument by just going, here's your certificate, piss off, and don't come back again. Maybe the case. <laughs> and I like your uh, point about being nice to the bureaucrats. I don't think that any liberty-oriented people are going to really make headway by being rude to the bureaucrats, because then essentially well, you're lowering yourself down to their level. And I think you're, it's a great point to be, you know, to be confident, but yet also being kind to them and uh, just and standing your ground. What libertarians have to remember is that it's, you don't win friends by or get people to do things for you by um, ticking them off and making them angry. This so is it's true. not really an approach that's going to win any friends. Or, and well, your ability to influence people somewhat limited if they're angry with you. There may be times, though. You might have is negative. Well, Luke, there may still be times when even if you're sugar sweet, they may still be angry with you just because you're threatening oh, no, no, no. their, like, their legitimacy. Sugar Street, us is us Australians typically a bit more stand-up than that, but just to be polite to them at all times, and no yes. need to raise your voice, no need to get angry, right. but always be insistent and firm that carry out... Uh, Walk softly and speak softly, but carry a big stick. There you the go. To take with yes, people. I absolutely and I agree. Think that it's interesting. I'm interested to hear the likes of Paul calling in about this now and quoting <laughs> from Revelations or something. Now the first child be born in lowercase. This is going to be the end of the world. So. <laughs> Thanks, Luke, for the call. Great one. Keep us informed Hello, as to sir. your continued experiments. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Even if you're being polite and firm, there's still bureaucrats tend to be angry. So if you're not complying or you're doing something that they don't like, and even if you're being polite about it, that's not going to guarantee they won't be angry. But as long as you aren't being angry, especially if you're on camera or being recorded in some way, uh, then you look like the good guy and they look like the out-of-control angry butthole. You know, I'm not sure what what to make of the whole uppercase name theory, but yeah. I do wonder when we get these calls, because it seems like a lot of times when this theory gets tested, I've heard from people in Canada and Australia, places like that, but I wonder... If it's pos- if there's something to it at all, I don't if it know. varies from country to country, I mean, maybe the U.S. does have this system, whereas Australia doesn't. I mean, it seems like Hard it would have say. been done country by country. Well, many of the uh, the people that purport these ideas will suggest that much much of Western law in general is all very similar. I mean, there are going to be some different, obviously, some differences between it, but generally, many of the concepts are are present. Uh, and so, again, I don't know if there is any truth to it. As we have more people experimenting with the ideas, we'll know for sure, and we'll, we'll let you know as we learn it here. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Manuel, listening in New York for the moment, but I believe you're going to be touring New Hampshire this week. Manuel, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, and that's right. I will be uh, spending three, uh, almost three full days in New Hampshire as I uh, visit different towns and you know get to know people. There now, this is going to be your first move next year, right? This is going to be your first trip to New Hampshire, is that right? 
well, uh, my wife and I spent uh, uh, three, four days there last year uh, during the fall season. But oh, we okay. only went to the uh, to the White Mountains. But other than that, we haven't really I haven't really visited anything else. So gotcha. Actually, so did you, know, you get to meet up with uh, any free staters last year, or were you pretty much just a wife and the husband no, kind of vacation? No, I was just uh, it was just the two of us on a vacation. So okay, so this time, is I'll, I'll try to. Yeah, so this is going to be really different because I know you're going to be going to different places. You're going to go hang out yep. at uh, you know with some of the free staters, these people that have moved here as part of the Free State Project to get active for liberty. And once you once you meet those folks, it's just going to completely change your impression of the state. Because if you're here just visiting on a vacation, obviously the stunning beauty of New Hampshire is amazing enough. But once you meet the great people that are here as part of the Free State Project and some of the other New Hampshire natives, uh, it's really the selling point, I think. Yeah, so uh, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I know you were calling for a different reason, actually, so hang on. We'll get back to you here in mere moments with uh, Manuel, who is actually one of the bloggers and article writers over at lourockwell.com. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, we'll come back to the Service Nation topic at some point and talk about how it is they're planning, at least as I understand it, to implement the ideas of making more people into government bureaucrats. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. They include the wiki. Get interactive with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. And you can travel less and meet online now. Try WebEx free. Go to webex.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's webex, W-E-B-E-X dot com. Promo code you need is 600, and that allows you to start your free trial of WebEx today. As we continue here, uh, we go back to Manuel, who is on the amp line. You are on Free Talk Live again, and uh, go ahead and I know you were calling about a different reason. I was talking about, obviously, how you're looking into moving to New Hampshire, coming up for a visit, and uh, that's great news for anybody. I uh, highly recommend people come up here. Any chance they get, whether it's during the Liberty Forum, which we're going to talk about, I think, here in a little bit, or uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, or as you are, Manuel, just any old time that happens to be convenient for you, there's always going to be people that are willing to come out and meet you and say hi and uh, enjoy your, I guess, your vacation with you to some extent. So what were you calling about tonight? Well, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about briefly about uh, secession and specifically, of course, uh, the secession of uh, the state of New Hampshire. And I think it's going to be very, if this ever happens, and hopefully it will, uh, even though I advocate individual secession ultimately, but sort of a, as, a, as a path to get in there, maybe just political state secession of the, of the state. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that there's going to be an incredible pressure to duplicate whatever the feds uh, were, uh, quote unquote, offering, you know, to duplicate that at the state level. Right. So you mean like, sure uh, like a New Hampshire? Hampshire ever seat, we, have, we can't have a DEA, an FAA, TSA, right. ATF, IRS, Central Bank, Treasury, Mint, none of that. I think you're I think you're right but I think Manuel that if if we get to the point of uh, having a political secession, and I personally could care less whether or not that actually happens. I mean, it'd be nice if it did, but I'm going to personally secede, and that's that's good enough. I think if enough people personally secede, then we've right, done it. Right. Uh, but if, if political secession does come about, it will re- require a sea change of 
the paradigms. I mean, people are going to have to start thinking in a more liberty-oriented aspect, I think, before we'll even get to that point. And so by that point, hopefully that won't be as much of a problem as it would be if, say, tomorrow secession were on the table and all of a sudden popular for some reason. Right, I agree. If if, if we ever get to the uh, uh, point of secession, then people will, will most likely be pro-liberty. But I think, you know, there might still be a faction that will say, well, how are we going to do with uh, roads, or are we going to have to have our own money? So there might be some remnants there. So I think what you guys are doing in New Hampshire uh, is, is really good, just sort of telling people, well, we should go through, uh, you know, the market and voluntary means. And that way, if it ever comes up, you'll be more prepared to try to uh, put pressure on the politicians, even if you want to go that route, to uh, not enact all those new programs, because then it would be sort of a step backwards. Well, Mom, well, uh, I, I would say that I can I can see how there would be pressure to duplicate some of the federal programs, but some of them are already redundant. I mean, hopefully you would see with secession you'd have more freedom to move uh, policy in, in a more pro-liberty direction, assuming you're still going to have a state apparatus. So, for instance, drug policy, hopefully even before we got to a point where New Hampshire is going to leave the union, drug laws here would be liberalized on the state level, but... There's already a redundancy in drug enforcement between the DEA and the state police. In many cases, these these functions, what the federal government is doing is just redundant. Plus, I think there's some things like um, having a, a, a mint or creating you know, a currency for New Hampshire. My guess is that as long as the United States was still kicking around, people would probably just continue using Federal Reserve notes or maybe hopefully move towards something like gold or silverback currency. But my feeling is you'd probably see people using whatever currency was convenient at the mm-hmm. time, even if you didn't have any kind of a central bank, which hopefully you would not. Because uh, I know many small countries uh, in Latin America, for instance, don't necessarily have their own currency, really. They just kind of – or if they do, it's not really right. used. They just use dollars. So I feel that with many things, they kind of sort themselves out. I really feel where you'd see the the most pressures with things like – um, some kind of social security program or something like that benefits uh, basically the welfare state programs. Now, okay, I will concede that you're right in in, in the case of New Hampshire. So, uh, okay, I'll, I'll concede to most of your points. I think <laughs> you know if, if we're moving towards towards freedom anyway, then you might not have as much pressure. So I guess uh, that was my point. But on the other hand, if for example another another candidate for secession. Uh, sort of, sort of like a more status side could be like Vermont, and probably those folks there might want some of those things. Oh yeah, Vermont. Uh, one of the reasons they would secede would be so they could have uh, a national health insurance program for Vermont. They would right. have, they would want to set something like that up. Right. So that, that's a. I wouldn't want to move I there. think it's a legitimate concern, and Manuel, I think that another factor that's going to play in is the the whole being the media thing, which is something that I obviously am a fan of, one of the reasons why I'm doing the show. Uh, Nick, you're also being the media with Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio. Manuel, you are a professional video editor uh, by trade, as I understand it. Uh, so yeah. it seems like not only do we have a bunch of IT guys moving in here to New Hampshire, because that seems to be the one of the most popular professions among these uh, mobile, single mostly young males that are moving here for the Free State Project. But I'm also seeing a a large interest in getting involved in media, doing radio programs and television programs and, uh, you know, possibly YouTube stuff uh, with Dave Ridley and the Ridley Report. uh, Oh, absolutely, because I think that one of the best ways to reach people 
is through your peers, not so much through, you know, like mainstream media and the academics. Those have their roles. But, look, if, if I'm talking to a friend or to a brother or to an acquaintance, look, watch this video and we talk to each other as sort of on the same hierarchical level, then I think that's going to have a more direct and short-term impact on everyone else. And that's another reason to keep the Internet free. We can't have any sure. censorship on there. Well, there is no doubt that human-to-human uh, -human contact and word of mouth is certainly the most effective form of, of advertising and promoting ideas. And I completely agree with you. But, uh, but being the media is part of that, I think. I mean, because then you can leverage the distribution platforms that you have access to in order to make those connections with, with people. They say, for instance, that radio is a very private uh, feeling kind of method of communication. When you're listening to a radio program, you feel as though, uh, and it, obviously I'm speaking very generally here, but people generally, when they listen to the radio, feel like they have some sort of understanding for who it is they're listening to, that they know that person behind the microphone. It's not really true, of course. You know the personality. You know uh, the, what it is that they tell you on their show, but you don't really know that person because you don't know that person. They certainly don't know you, but that doesn't... Um, remove the fact that people still feel connected to, for instance, radio uh, show hosts, and I'm sure it happens on, on TV as well, but because it's that, that voice in your ears, in your head, it, it's really a very personal medium, and so we can use media, television, radio, the internet to leverage and get across to more people than we could ever talk to on a day-to-day -day basis, just approaching people or talking to them at work or family members or friends or, or whatever. And so, you, you know, you mentioned the mainstream media. My question is how long is it going to take before we are the mainstream media, at least here in New Hampshire? Wouldn't that be an interesting situation? And, and think about how the more liberty-oriented media we can get concentrated here in New Hampshire is going to affect those people that are sort of on the periphery, maybe the non-voting types, the people that you know would rather just be left alone. They're going to come across these ideas, and they're going to really snap to them pretty quick, I would think, and the more we can popularize it. So that's why I think that people like you, Manuel, coming here and getting involved in creating more liberty media and putting it into the marketplace here in New Hampshire and, of course, around the world via the Internet uh, is a really important factor to what we're all doing. Yep, I agree. I mean, you have to be the media. You know, the Internet is the, the cost of publishing through the Internet is almost close to zero as long as you have an Internet connection, which, you know, mm -hmm. is a pretty affordable. So, and now, and now kids today, you know, they're not watching as much TV. They're not, they're not getting their news from ABC or CNN. They're just getting online. So, I think the uh, the odds are uh, surprisingly in our favor, you know, for once. Well, it'll be good to see you here, and uh, good luck with your trip. I hope you have a good time here in New Hampshire, and we'll see you when you get here to visit Keene. Thanks for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. It's like I said, when you're coming to visit New Hampshire, just announce it over at nhfree.com on the forums there. Uh, let people know that you're coming. Let them know when you're going to be and where you're going to be, and they'll show up to hang out with you and introduce themselves and chat really fascinating, amazing group of activists that we have here, and it continues to grow day by day. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Buy your stuff. 
and feel good because you're getting the brands you trust at great prices, free Super Saver shipping in most cases, and you're helping Free Talk Live all at the same time at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, we were just discussing the ideas of uh, the Free State Project and being the media and, and reaching out and creating liberty-oriented content to bring people in to the ideas of freedom uh, and get them on board, get them active. And one of the things, of course, we want to encourage is not only getting active where you are, but moving here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And part of that encouragement is coming to things, uh, events that are going on here. And I think we actually have Chris Lawless on the line from New Hampshire. Chris? You're on Free Talk Live. Is this Chris Lawless? Just a yes. guess. Hey. Okay, good guess. I actually had no idea if it was you for sure, but <laughs> here you are. You are the organizer of the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Correct. And uh, what, uh, what did you want to tell us tonight, Chris? Well, I want to tell you that as of three minutes ago, the registration is now open. And I Excellent. want to announce that here on Free Talk Live. Do we have any uh, guest speakers to announce yet? Maybe something that... Uh, I don't know. I haven't I been do. to the website, so I don't know what's what's yeah, public. We, um, we have ten speakers to announce as of right this minute. Great. Um, do you want to run through them? Or? Let's do it. Okay. They, I, we have Angela Keaton from antiwar.com. Cool. She's, as I understand it, a very principled uh, libertarian lady. She was one of the, the many people who was very, very upset about the Libertarian Party being essentially taken over from the inside uh, by these conservative types that don't want to have anything to do with, whatsoever with liberty anymore. So it would be nice to, to actually meet her. And, uh, yeah, she was also involved uh, with the Libertarian Party. High, you know, you're right. She's definitely very principled. So um, who else? Um, he, Ethan Nadelman from the Drug Policy Alliance. He's returning, right? He was there uh, last year? Uh, he was supposed to, and at the last minute he couldn't make it. So, oh. But he will be. We okay. talked to him this week. He will be there. Great. Uh, will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty. Is he actually? Oh, yeah, I guess he'll actually finally be in state by that point. He is. We hope so. Yeah, he's walking across the country and really finally rustling, uh, rustling up some good, consistent press coverage on his way across from Oregon to New Hampshire, expecting to be here sometime, hopefully, by the end of this year. So he'll be, I guess, talking about his experiences on the walk? Yep. Very cool. Adam Kokesh from the Iraq Veterans Against the War. Oh, that'll be awesome. I, I've wanted to meet that guy in really? person. So, yeah. Excellent. His, I have seen him speak three times now. He is one of the best speakers. I did not expect to have see such fire out of him. He's a really good speaker. Fantastic. Who else is coming up? Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. Ooh, that's exciting. I've never met Mark, and we've had him on the show, and I find his uh, techniques and uh, the things he talks about fascinating. Uh, for those that don't know Mark, AdventuresInLegalLand.com is his website. Great guy. He talks about how the government's uh, court systems are a total scam, and they're essentially nothing more than a public relations front for the violent men and women that are doing business uh, at the point of a gun, calling themselves government. So that'll be really exciting. Is he going to be doing uh, just a speech, or is he going to be putting on a, a class? Um, he's going to be doing just a speech. We're going to see if he wants to do other stuff on either side of the Liberty Forum as well. That's, Neat. We're still talking to him about that. Very cool. All right, who else? Gary Frenchy from Restore the Republic. I guess he's they put out uh, Republic he, magazine. Freedom didn't to he work? Yeah, that's right. He worked with uh, Aaron Russo's Freedom to Fascism, kind of uh, helped promote that, especially as uh, Mr. Russo was in the hospital and then uh, unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Cool. Who else? We have Matt Simon from New Hampshire Common Sense. A uh, free stater who actually lives here in New Hampshire, doing a lot of uh, on-the-ground activism inside the system and getting uh, some stuff done that's never been accomplished here in New Hampshire before. So that'll be good to have him there. 
Anthony Gregory from the Independent Institute. Oh, I read his stuff on LouRockwell.com as well. Really principled, yep. uh, liberty-oriented guy, so that'll be cool. Evan Knappen, who uh, former vice president of the FSP, who's the big uh, gun knife lawyer. Right on. Very cool. And then probably the biggest name that most people know, and um, John Taylor Gatto will be speaking. Oh, wow. That is uh, that is pretty big. He was the teacher of the year, as I understand it, for the state of New York, and then finally joined the side of good, came out and started talking about what the government school system is really all about and how it's really all about dumbing people down and turning them into basically little serfs and obedient little citizens. And he's, uh, his books are free online, from my, uh, my understanding, at JohnTaylorGatto.com. So to give you a good dose of what he's all about, you can go take a look at that. This is really, this is really an outstanding lineup this year, Chris. You've, I think you've outdone yourself. Yeah, it's um, it's actually funny. The more you do this, the more people you know, then people are actually starting to call asking if they can speak. Wow, that is incredible. So now you're not done yet, right? This is just the first ten that you've announced. This is the first wave. You've got more right. that are that you're working on. I know you're going to have some uh, keynote speakers that'll probably be even bigger names. Uh, so this is pretty exciting, Nick. I mean, are you are you going to oh, go? Oh yes, I'll <laughs> be there this year. And uh, you know, I I never plan it out that far in advance. I I try to give some, you know plan it out, but it can be a little bit tough, so I know I'll be there. How yeah. many? If I'll be there for the whole thing or not, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to have free talk live out for the whole thing. Obviously, we haven't discussed it yet, but uh, presuming we'll be there, I'm looking forward to it, Chris. This sounds like a blast. Absolutely right. And so I just want to let registration is now open. We have an early bird special. It's $199 for the full, all lunches, all dinners, and also we have a uh, a code to give free talk live listeners a 10% discount on Ooh. top of that. What's the code? 2009 FTL. So you use the code 2009 FTL, is all one word? Correct. And you punch that in if you go to freestateproject.org. Was it slash Liberty Forum? Correct. Uh, and get registered, and you'll get 10% off the already reasonable price. I mean, a couple hundred bucks for a weekend-long affair at a convention-style atmosphere is really, I think, a very reasonable price. And this is, I think this is going to be very exciting. Of course, it's, I would say, the biggest, one of the biggest liberty-oriented events in the entire country. It may very well be the biggest. I mean, it's certainly some big names that are coming, and there will be hundreds of people in attendance, many of them already living here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, many of them uh, New Hampshire natives that might be tagging along to see what it's all about, many of them pr- pr- prospective movers, people that are like Manuel Laura, who are going to be coming up to visit and to meet uh, these activists that are on the ground that are making a difference here in New Hampshire. And Chris, you are, uh, it sounds like you're doing a real bang-up job of putting this together, and I thank you for uh, for describing things tonight. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight thank about the, the I event? I did want to just say one quick thing. I want to say is the Free State Project numbers have jumped in the past two weeks, and I just want to thank you and Mark for spreading the word. It's great. We've seen a huge increase in the past two weeks. So. Well, it's, it's going to cost us, but it was well worth it. It's going to help the uh, the kids with cancer at St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital, and at the same time, we boosted the numbers for the Free State Project. So maybe, hey, maybe we'll get lucky, and the re- recruiting will continue going on at this level after the week is out, and we pay out to uh, to the Children's Hospital. So I'm we'll keep our fingers so. crossed. Very good, Chris. Keep up the great work, and thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. We're going to obviously start talking more about it uh, as we get closer to it, and then we'll be broadcasting live. 
probably every single night from the forum this year as we did last year. And it was fun last year, and it sounds like it's going to be even better this time around. So you probably should go and take advantage of, number one, the early bird discount, and number two, the 2009 FTL promo code to get yourself an extra 10% off the already discounted early bird rate. Pretty cool. So get signed up. Yeah, I mean, you have an opportunity to see speakers that... You wouldn't get a chance to see these speakers in the same place at any other time. I, I really don't think you would. So it's a unique opportunity for anybody who cares about liberty. And I've almost, I have to keep myself from getting used to it because between uh, Porkfest, which is kind of the summer event, and the Liberty Forum, I, I, I'm used to meeting so many of these libertarian luminaries. Mm-hmm. You know, be able to walk up to someone and shake their hand. It's. It's very strange, but you you start to get used to it, especially when you're doing it year after yeah. year. And I have to remind myself that there's not too many other places or any other places in the world where you you would get used to this kind of a thing. So Yeah, right? It's really unprecedented, everything that's going on here. And to get a real good taste of who it is that is involved in this movement, this movement full of liberty-oriented activists, you really have to come out and meet them. I mean, it's one thing to sit on an internet message board and read the posts. That's fine and all. It's one thing to listen to Free Talk Live and hear people calling in and talking about it. That's probably a little better. But it's a whole other thing to actually mingle around and talk to these folks and get their experiences and share things with them and brainstorm and talk about the future and what we can all do as far as advancing liberty in our lifetime. It's, a, it's just, it'll blow you away. If you haven't been, you really should go. And if you can't afford the Liberty Forum, because I understand that some people, I got an email from someone who was concerned about there's like a Connecticut Liberty Forum, it's 100 bucks and she can't afford it. And she's like, well, is this only for rich people? And I said, well, 100 bucks is pretty good for a weekend conference, and they do have to pay for the hotel. You know, the Liberty Forum guys aren't trying to make a whole bunch of money. They're just trying to pay their costs back. If you can't afford that, come to Porkfest. It's camping. Camping's not that expensive. So that's kind of like the cheaper event, and it's as much fun. More on the way. Hour 3's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. When we're launching into hour number three of the program, you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. Enjoy them on us again, freetalklive.com. Starting by rolling right into your phone calls, we go to Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I was at a football game on Friday, and uh, I was talking with a detective from the local police department. Was he investigating you? No. Oh, okay. No, we're, we're not friends, but we're through a, a rescue squad. You know, we're members. So, okay. you know, we talk. And um, I was trying to introduce him to the ideas of liberty and, you know, free markets. And a big topic is pharmaceutical companies because we're in the medical field and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, I, he, I was talking to him, and it was just amazing how disconnected he was. Um, he, said, he said that the, the answer to everything is, you know, more government. And I was trying mm. to tell him, you know, look look at um, 
why, look at the public schools. It can be it can be done so much better privately. But then he goes off on a tangent saying, "Oh, but you know, some people may not go into schools, and then we'll go into gangs, and then we'll have a gang problem." Okay. And I, you know, it's, it's really sad because you know then we started talking about Iran, and he says that the people in other countries in Europe they're radical and they hate us for our freedom, and that Nonsense. just really got to me. Yeah. That just made me so angry. He's just parroting and, what he's been told. Yeah, and then we were talking some more, and we saw that a, a fight broke out at the at the football game, and you know we ran over to see if anybody was hurt because we were on medical duty, mm-hmm. and um, you know then afterwards we were talking about it, and he said to me, "You see, this is why we need more government is to <laughs> keep these fights from happening." I was just so just disappointed in that, yeah. and. Because of because of the way that um, I handled the situation, the fight by you know running over there and you know doing everything and handling the the situation appropriately, he said that I would be a good Department of Homeland Security bureaucrat. Oh my! I, I was like, you gotta be kidding me! So now I would be a good DHS member? No, and it, it's just so sad because I talk to people every day who want to get into the police force. And they say, oh, the law is the law, and this is the way it is, and I'm trying to convince them, but there's just nothing I can do. There's nothing I can say. It's just like pushing against a brick wall. Well, one of the things that if you're dealing with issues and you're running into those walls, as it definitely seems like you are, I mean, you could keep addressing the objections because these people will come up with objection after objection. And liberty-oriented ideas can be wrapped around any issue, and you can eventually knock down every objection. Whether or not they see you knocking it down is, is another issue. But, for instance, when he brought up the gang objection to not having government schools, uh, it's ludicrous. I mean, if anything, people that get into fights uh, are encouraged by government schools because, well, they're forced to be together. All these different people that may not necessarily agree with one another are forced to be in the same classrooms together, whereas in a private school situation, the school would have a, an incentive to stop fighting and to uh, to make sure that people that got along were together and the people that weren't that didn't get along were out of the school um and beyond that the claim that because kids some kids wouldn't go to school there would be a gang problem is ludicrous because the uh, the entire idea of a free marketplace means that drugs and guns and prostitution and gambling the four most popular gang related black market uh, activities would then be legitimate market based uh, I, uh, there would be services and products available in the market, and I'm sorry, no, there are no alcohol gangs, and there are no aspirin gangs, and there, you know, there are no high lie gangs, there are no horse racing gangs. So it's just ludicrous his objections. So you could keep going on the objections uh, points, but then you might just come up with more objections to the points that you made. And what you might want to do is just ask questions about whether or not he thinks it's okay to use force on you. And if he thinks it's okay to use force on you, then the conversation is over. Move on. Find a new prospect. That's how I feel about it. Nick, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, there's some people you just can't reach, and I, d- I don't think that you're, it's an effective use of your time to, to reach that one person. I mean, the ideas of liberty have not been spread to... Have not affected. I don't know. Maybe they've been put in front of many people or most people. They've not been effectively communicated to most people. Not very many people actually. So there's a lot to do, and not a whole lot of people actually trying to spread the message. Right. So I think it's very important to to practice time management and good one, prospecting. Right. Yeah. And what, I mean, one on one is probably, in my opinion, the best way to do it. I know I've you know just incidentally. 
Um, you know, I've I've considered myself a libertarian for several years now, and I had friends who, you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to convert them, but you just start talking with them, and you know, I personally know people. Uh, who I was acquainted with prior to them being libertarians, and I would say that they became libertarians because I was talking about these ideas. Mm-hmm. So, and not overnight, of course. Some of these no, things take time. No, it, it it takes time, and it's a progression. So, um, my biggest advice is not to be confrontational. It's very easy to to because most people are not going to agree with you on everything right away. Um, you know, don't try to uh, don't try to point out the fact that they're going to use the gun in the room on you in a in a very personal way, anything like yeah. that. I, I would try to make it as conversational as possible. Make it a back and forth, and and don't try to right. give them a big dissertation on why why absolute liberty is is superior to yeah you don't have to tell them that they're wrong but showing them the gun in the room can get those gears turning to where they might think about that fact later like oh my gosh i actually said i might hurt my friend i mean if he considers you a friend or someone that that he appreciates you don't you want to put him in that uncomfortable position of oh, oh wow what did i just advocate yeah show them the gun in the room but don't i mean don't give them a huge don't put it in their hand yeah. right I know, I know how to be polite when i'm talking to them but uh, another one of the squad members suggested that I join Hazmat. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, Ian, what is the um, uh, the validity of joining a, uh, a volunteer rescue squad or that gets funding from the government or, you know, maybe a paid Hazmat team? Because I think that, in a, in a sense, you are helping people, and pretty much directly, the only problem is if you join a paid Hazmat team, you're getting your funds that were stolen from other people. To yes, I think it's a moral issue. At the same time, you do have the training to help people. Sure, I think it's a moral issue that you as uh, the individual has to grapple with. I'm not going to say, no, you should, or no, you shouldn't, or yes, you should. Um, it's your choice. You understand where the money's coming from. You understand that it's, you know, while you are providing a service, it's parasitically funded, and it's just a, something you have to live with and be able to wake up in the morning in order to do something like that. There are some people that believe it's their calling they you know they believe in liberty and they believe they should be on the inside of the system to try to gum up the gears or to affect change from the inside which of course usually ends up uh, affecting change in the inside is usually next to impossible but gumming up the gears you can possibly do uh and as you say if it's just something that you feel like you're called to do i would never hold someone back from something like that it's not something i personally uh could do but if you can live with it then you know that's your choice about all these cops that get into the job because they want to help people. But, you know, I see that, you know, every week I'm helping people when I'm on call. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I, I see results. You know, you do CPR on someone. I think that is definitely worthwhile. Sure. The, the problem is, though, you know, I am helping people, but at the same time I'm not. So it's it's really hard to grapple with this. Well, you're helping people at the cost of, you know, threatening people's homes, which, of course, is not your job. The other guys in uniform will will do that part. So it's pretty easy to separate yourself from the violence. And, you know, down the line, uh, you can work for private ambulance services. Here in Keene, there is a company called Deluzio, and they have private ambulance service. And it seems like they do a good job because they've been in business for a while. So you don't always have to stay uh, in the government role. Maybe that's something you might want to do to get a start, get a little uh, experience, and then move on to something a little bit different. That's a possibility. 
good about our organization is that it's really like a close-knit family, and you don't see that in, you know, private ambulance companies. Everything is all cut and dry. You're a barcode. You're a, you're a, you're an employee. Is that ID true? Number. I don't know what it's like to work for a private ambulance company. I, I can't imagine it, they would be that large it and depends. intrusive. I actually have one of my close friends works for one. Well, actually, he works for Deluzio and an, and another local nonprofit company. And um, they're, they're small businesses. They're not like um, some of the franchises yeah. out there. I, for, I forget the name. There are some large People. companies. Um, yeah, but, it, you know, it, I think it, it depends. really depends on what company yeah. you work for. There you go. I thank you, Alex, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, as always. Always interesting uh, to, to hear other people's stories of attempting to reach out and share these ideas and the responses they get. More on the way. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And, by the way, those features include the updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in when there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on that list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. It is Josh in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Josh. How you doing, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, a couple of key points, but it all boils down to what are we going to do about this economy? I don't know. What do you mean? Well, first of all, you've got... All of these uh, these banks and institutions uh, going under, mm-hmm. being bailed up by the government. You got to ask yourself initially, where does this uh, bailout money come from? It comes from the people, right? Correct, got... because they're they're printing it essentially. They're creating it from thin air with uh, the the inflation process, inflating the money yeah. supply, which as a result takes value out of the dollars that you're holding in your bank account or in your pocket. So yes, yeah, it's so a it's, hidden so it's not from, tax. If it's not from direct taxing, it's going to be from the inflation. Yes. So my question is, how does Obama's service corps supposed to support itself? If it's not like they're going to be generating any <laughs> sort of real wealth by having people serve, is oh, it's going to come out of our pockets right. through taxes or through inflation either way? Uh, of course it will, yes. So I don't, I don't see how that really is going to fix any sort of economic problems that we're having. Are they claiming that and, national service will fix economic problems? No, but it's, a, it's an obvious issue that they're skirting. Yeah, I don't know if that's one of the things they're putting out there. Um, I don't know. It's they, It seems like all they're trying to do is say that this is an obligation for Americans. You should do this. I don't think they're trying oh, to claim it's going to be a panacea for uh, for the for the economy. From from the story that uh, that I read today, uh, Obama is, is promising like income security for the future for people who have served and uh, extended yes. health benefits. Right. Well, sure. They'll promise whatever they want. I mean, they they say whatever they want to say, right? And then they get elected, and then the, everything changes. So obviously, that's not possible. The 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 entire government system is not economically feasible, and it will crash and burn at some point. So until the point at which it crashes and burns completely, uh, you know, a dip in the da- a dip in the stock market and a few banks closing isn't enough. Uh, but as soon as it you know really does crash and burn or hyperinflation hits or whatever it ends up, whatever the event ends up being that makes things pretty obvious that we're in for some big changes, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what they say. They can make all the promises they want to make and down the line, if they haven't fulfilled any of them, 
that doesn't matter to them. They still have their legacy of starting wars or creating new welfare programs or whatever it is they want to do with the government. So really what they say is completely irrelevant to, to the reality of the situation. Well, it brings me to this question. When we have this non-existent economy fueled by the dollar, what's going to be left to loot and sacrifice? When we have a uh, non-existent... Run that by me one more time. Let's say when this economy finally collapses mm-hmm. and there's no common medium exchange, i.e. the dollar, what is there going to be left to loot, to loot or sacrifice for the common good anymore? Oh, well, it'll they all be over at that point. I mean, the, the, the whole illusion and the mirage of uh, government, it, it'll all be in flux. And if you don't have something to fall back on, like silver or gold or some other precious metal uh, or something else valuable that's storable and, and tradable, then you aren't going to have anything. and You're going to have a real tough time. Right. I mean, you could, you, could, you could see something very bad come out of it. Uh, I know a lot of people think that, you know, when the economy collapses and the, the end of the dollar will spell, uh, you know, the rise of liberty in America again. That's one possibility, but you could also see um, after the hyperinflation... It can't happen because there has to be education for a paradigm shift. If the dollar fails, people aren't going to run to liberty. Well, depending on how well-educated people get yeah. prior, to the, prior to a dollar failure. But if you look at what happened in Germany when their currency essentially collapsed due to hyperinflation, uh, <laughs> the people who stepped into that, uh, that niche that was left in that power vacuum was the Nazis. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they certainly, uh, technically speaking, they did revitalize the economy in a very uh, destructive way. So uh, you can see something very bad come out of it, or maybe people would revert to some kind of a barter currency or gold or silver. It's very hard to know which way it's going to actually end up going. But I think eventually you are going to see the dollar crash and burn. It's, it's pretty much unavoidable, unavoidable in the long run. To be uh, people of solutions, I've got one. Okay, great. So, Ian, you're talking about education. So, the first thing you need to educate people about is what exactly is money. Sure. It's just an exchange of values that are the end product of production, right? Mm-hmm. So, money itself really represents nothing else but potential goods or services. Sure. So, I've had a theory um, as, as a user of this fine plant myself that our Friend in Montana, Dave advocates as the greatest wonder bestowed upon us by the Creator. Cannabis sativa, or for cannabis indica. You want to use it for? Yeah. I know of very few people who would not accept this particular commodity as a payment of debt or as a, a usable currency. Well, it's not a very good so, one. I mean, it can go moldy, and it can it you know it loses potency it's, over uh, time. There is a, there is a precedent for <laughs> intoxicating substances being used as currency. Actually, whiskey was uh, quite commonly used on the what was mm. the American frontier in, uh, I believe it was like Kentucky and Tennessee. One of the reasons that there were moonshiners was th- you could transport a, a you know a whole lot more whiskey than you could corn to market, and whiskey was something that was always in demand, so you could trade it for other commodities that you needed. So Some people will accept marijuana. I mean, some people won't. Some people would like whiskey. Some people wouldn't. I guess it would depend on what the marketplace valued. But go ahead with your, your thoughts. Well, I was going to say, if we have to fall back to some sort of finite resource like gold and silver, there's obviously going to be the obvious iniquity in wealth distribution. That's the state of the world. So there will be a cycle where the have-nots will have to exchange in some sort of values to get the uh, the standard of value, be it mm-hmm. gold or silver, from the haves. Now, whether that's indentured servitude or labor, we don't know. 
But in the short term, I think, especially us, where we are here, are going to have to take a more agrarian approach to the way we live and, you know, trade our actual products of our labor amongst one another instead of our labor in itself. Well, I, I think that's fine, although labor notes are an interesting approach to uh, to solving the problem, I think, or helping the issue. I think that your point about marijuana or some other consumable like that, and especially marijuana, I don't know if it would work very well because uh, it is something you can grow in your backyard or you can grow in your closet, and it isn't uh, finite. I mean, it keeps generating seeds. You can keep planting plants, and so therefore it's not as valuable than things like gold and silver, which you actually have to mine out of the earth in order to create more of or in order to put more into circulation. So if marijuana is producible by anybody, then how will it be valuable in a situation like that? Well, tomatoes are producible by anybody, but somebody, some people don't have the initiative, drive, or will to produce tomatoes. That but much there is true. people who might want to produce things in large enough quantities. And so tomatoes are, are never going to be as valuable as gold and silver, I don't think. I mean, I suppose there could be a situation well, that would arise where people were starving, and then obviously tomatoes would be quite valuable. But in a general marketplace situation, stuff like that, it's going to go rotten, and it's not a very good uh, store of value. And again, marijuana, moldy marijuana, I'm not going to give you anything for that. Yeah, I, I think a, a store of value, you could use something that was perishable, but... Generally, you want it to be a fairly fixed supply and something that doesn't go bad. Thanks, Josh, for the call tonight. Uh, appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. Hopefully we'll be able to get you in here. Uh, Phone lines are loaded up, so we'll try to get through as many folks as possible. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. Yeah, Nick. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The live streams are there. Broadband version of the show, dial-up, and webcam. Find them all at uh, listen.freetalklive.com. And the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is happening October 10th, 11th, and 12th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables. Showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person. K-N-O-B. CreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. And if you are into firearms and all things related, there is no better place to be than the Knob Creek Gun Range. All right, so that's KnobCreekRange.com. We are going to your phone calls, and we start things out with Gene in Tennessee on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Oh, hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, I was in Minnesota, of course, two weeks ago for the Rally for the Republic. Mm-hmm, the Ron and- Paul Convention. I have put, I wanted a copy of the of the uh, proceedings up there, so I bought the DVD from uh, C-SPAN, and I already got the DVD. Wow, it was quick. Pretty fast service. Yeah. But <clears throat> there was a speaker there. His name, I think, was Adam somebody. He was a Iraqi veteran. 
He was a Rocky the, veteran. Uh, is this the guy that's going to be uh, Adam somebody? Wasn't Didn't Chris Lawless from the Free yeah, State Project? Adam, was it Adam Kokesh? Yeah, I think it's the same guy. And uh, he was uh, giving a presentation there, and what he said was that it was time to water the, that he thinks it's about time to water the Tree of Liberty, which, of course, we all know what that means. But Violence. when I was going through my C-SPAN DVD, try as I may, I cannot find his speech in there anywhere. Huh. Now, I don't know if that if I've just... Because it's five and a half hours long, but I've fast-forwarded through there and zipped back and forth and tried to find that. Cannot find it anywhere. So well, maybe one know. of your other listeners have been able to find it. Um, maybe they cut it out of there. Maybe it was just too politically... Uh, Seems unusual. C-SPAN's normally pretty good about giving fair coverage to events. It's possible that, you know, something technical went wrong. Maybe they just couldn't fit everything on one DVD. I don't know. Uh, maybe worth looking into YouTube to see if perhaps, or, or C-SPAN itself I know th- archives everything. I know usually. portions of that speech are up on YouTube, um, so I, I would yeah. try checking there, um, but I'm not sure why I it would get left out of C-SPAN. There are definitely YouTube clips of it, that's for sure. Well, instead of but, speculating um, about what might have happened, it may be appropriate for you to call customer service there and say, hey, I, I can't find this part. Uh, did you leave it out? Find out what they have to say about it. All right. Hey, I was just talking to a guy who's running for judge. And uh, so I had, to, I had to give him a little bit of uh, my political viewpoint about yeah. things. I, said, <laughs> I asked you? him, well, what are you, what are you, what you going to do about uh, victimless crimes? He said, well, he has to do what... The legislation oh, tells geez. them to do. I said, well, what about your conscience? I said, uh, people have to uh, overrule their rules with their conscience. If you're in the military, I told them, and somebody tells you to go rape a 14-year-old girl, you, that's, he says, that's an illegal order. I said, well, yeah, but I mean, that's, you're, you're judging those things by your own moral standards. So um, where does it come when When do you make that moral stand? And, of course, he had to backstep and do some other things. He, he seemed to be... Fairly reasonable about a lot of things. Of course, mm. he's running for office. You know, he's a politician. Sure. And so when I got done, I told him that I'd just come back from the rally for the Republic, and he said, uh, and he seemed kind of interested in that. He seemed interested in Ron Paul, and he said, "Oh, you must be a libertarian." And I said, "No, actually, I'm a Christian anarchist. I've gone beyond libertarian." So. <laughs> right on, Gene. Very yeah. cool. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. We got to move on and talk to Johnson in California, also on the amp line. Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, so speaking of watering the Tree of Liberty, um, I wanted to just sort of elaborate on something you had said earlier in the show where you're talking about people uh, non-cooperating. Yes, sir. And uh, just sort of getting enough people to withdraw their consent and, you know, somehow that's all going to work out and the government's either going to have to show themselves as violent thugs they are or, you know, they'll just become inept and ridiculous. Yes. And... What I sort of want to talk about is that idea from an evolutionary standpoint, which is also, I think, how a lot of people who are the warmongers of the world sort of see things. And I guess the point that I want to bring up is if if we get people starting to non-cooperate, right, and you have a government bureaucracy that is raging out of control and you get something like, you know, uh, Nazi Germany or whatnot, when people do withdraw consent and do non-cooperate, they end up dead. And So what I'm wondering is, you know, how that is a success if you take and you consider from an evolutionary standpoint, where if you are constantly weeding out the libertarian-minded and the liberty-minded folks uh, who are also, you know, 
nonviolent peace activists, how that is going to result in any sort of a free society in the long run. I see where, yeah, I see where you're coming it. from, and I, I absolutely agree. I think that if you get to the point at which, you know, they do open up death camps and these nonviolent, uh, non-cooperatives or peaceful non-cooperatives start to get uh, executed, then, yeah, you better believe it's time to start pulling out the RPG rounds and the sniper rifles. I mean, the, there isn't is a it, certain point at which violence point? is okay, I think. Uh, isn't it too late? I mean, especially in a society that we live in now where you know, weapons technology and, and those types of things are so advanced now that if we get to that point and we ever get into a society like that ever again, that it's too late at that point. Is it too late in Iraq for the people, that, the insurgents that are fighting there? I mean, they've been managing to hold off the uh, the greatest, so-called greatest military in the world for a number of years now. 25,000 people, I think, was the but, estimate at one point. So I, I, I think an insurgency still... Uh, hopefully it's nothing we reach. But. To suggest it's too late sounds like it's uh, it sounds like a defeatist attitude. Like, well, because the government's putting it's too people. Late in... Now, I'm not saying it's too late now. I'm saying that if if we got to that point, no, of no, where no, and that's what I'm saying. Already it... been rounded up into death camps. I see where you're coming in, from in America. Right, right. So, and if. Well, don't get on the trains. I mean, personally, <laughs> yeah. I, I draw the line well before you don't you don't get on the train. It is too late at that point. I mean, then you, you can f- go down fighting, but right. that's about it. Yeah. I mean, once they out, I mean, basically, once it's illegal to peacefully protest, um, to do a radio show like this, if right. you get to the point where you can't peacefully try Never to convert people, draft, but right. Yeah. Uh, but if you can't speak your mind and try to, you know talk to people and convey your ideas peacefully, I think that is the point where cartridge it's box da- time. Right, it's down to it's down to kill or be killed baby and that's what it'll be at that point and i hope it doesn't get yeah. there but i i am with you johnson i mean if it gets to the point where uh non-cooperation is obviously not having the intended effect it's time to change our tactics and i think that's what this liberty movement has been avoiding for decades is changing their tactics and they've just been fo- you know focusing on politics and the national and uh, local levels and we need to change things and try something different and, and as you're saying if it turns out that it doesn't work too well let's move on to the next option, uh, and the next option right. after peaceful non-cooperation is to start to kill them mofos, right? Okay, so you're not talking about, I mean, a lot of peace activists are, 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 are uh, what is that, pacifists unto death. Well, they know? will they, die. There are a lot of people who are peace activists who are basically, you know, they will never engage in any but sort of But there aren't that many protest. of them. There aren't that many but, pacifists out there in the liberty movement. There really aren't. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know, uh, uh, you know. From the people I know, people. there are not very many. I mean, Russell Canning and his wife are two of them. They may know a handful uh, more. But, Nick, I mean, can you really think that as far as the people you know around here, a no. lot of them pack heat when they're going places, so they're even, not pacifists. Yeah. Even some of the people who are practicing nonviolent, non-cooperation right now are not pacifists. They just, you know, they're. it's not time to deal with the state in a violent way. Right. And once you get, I mean, I that's really that a last resort. needs to be better defined. Well, everyone has their own line, right? I mean, your line may be different from someone else's line. I mean, some people don't but even have a line. A idea for, I think it would be a good idea for the freedom-minded, you know, the liberty-minded community in general to have... You know, obviously everyone's got an individual line, but it would be kind of interesting to know where everyone's individual line falls. I think you, you should. Know, work, I think you should work on that. that I, I think yeah. you should work on that. I'm interested myself, and I thank you for the call, sir. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything, but I'm not giving you the number because we're almost done and the phone lines are loaded up with calls. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. You can get interactive with a bunch of our listeners and us and all kinds of different things you can do there. Give it all away. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for access to their website. So enjoy freetalklive.com on us. And if you like the show, then go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn how you can get Free Talk Live into more ears around the country and around the world. Uh, again, promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, again, 800... Ooh, shouldn't give you that number. Let's just go to your phone calls here and talk to... I believe it's Ken in California. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nick and Nick. Hey, guys. Hi, Ian. Hi, Nick. Hey there, Hi. Ken. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm actually one of your affiliates through GCN, and I play your show, and I figured I'd tell you about my experience today with some California caps who came to my uh, house and uh, and uh, requested me about my uh, calling my congressman's office uh, because they want to put a restraining order against me. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, basically, um, the gentleman with the, the office wants to put a restraining order against me because, quote, the ladies in the office fear me. They've never met me. I've only talked to them on the phone, and I <laughs> preference the call with, hey, I'm not exactly politically correct, and I'm not a happy camper. And uh, I let them know that up front, and I never used, I never threatened anyone's life. I never threatened anybody's property. Mm-hmm. I never threatened anything other than uh, the last, very last call I made to the office. It was four calls in one day. Uh, two of them, they promptly hung up on me because they didn't like what I was saying, obviously. Right. But I wasn't cursing at them. I wasn't using profanity sure. or, or calling them bad names. And uh, But anyway, they fear me. And I said, uh, you know, to the officers, the detectives that showed up today at the behest of the FBI, mind you. Wow. Um, because they called the congressman's office, called the FBI, his local office in Redlands. Oops, did I give it up? It's Jerry Lewis, Congressman Jerry Lewis. Okay. My so-called representative. 44... 40, First, congestional district, yes, that's right. You know, Ken, this sounds a lot like uh, somebody that called not too long ago about a story out of New York, uh, which is very similar. A gentleman was trying to get in touch with his so-called representative, and because he was so interested in talking to this woman, uh, they decided to go after him as well, because apparently if you actually want to talk to these people, they they attack you, and that's what you're experiencing. Uh, yes, exactly, and that's just another instance that, uh, you know, and I said if they fear, I told the detectives, if uh, they fear me, they need to fear every other voter. I think I said that, or I wanted to say it. I don't know mm. if I did or didn't, but, uh, you know, because um, I'm not being representative, and I told them it in no uncertain terms that, yes, I'm an upset American citizen. I feel my government's putting the screws to me. So they gave you a piece of paper and said you are forbidden from contacting the office? No, not yet. They came out on the request of the FBI, and uh, they investigated me, and basically they they said, that, oh, and they, they even, you know, in, in one of the representations they were given, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not any kind of, they said, you know, we got to investigate you to see if you're a kook or whatever, or some kind of a, you know, guy in your basement, uh, you know, doing things. And mm-hmm. I said, gee, I wish I had a basement. I go, what constitutes being a kook? But that was, anyway, that was off subject, and I kind of threw him for a loop, but... Uh, <laughs> Basically, the end result is I have not been served with any documents yet. It's my understanding that they make the report, and uh, I, I'm supposed to get processed with these papers any any day, and then I'll have a court appearance. So I'm just going to go in front of the judge, and, you know, he's either going to listen or he isn't. Probably isn't. I Probably don't know. not, yeah. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, he's got to protect his organization, you know. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I said it's a little intimidating. I have men, men here with guns asking me questions. 
Yeah, when did you um, show like, up with the gun? I mean, it's not like you showed I up didn't. with a gun and started waving it well, around or in any way threatening the these thing, folks. On the, last call, on the last call to the office, I simply asked this question. I said to the woman, I said to her, ma'am, what would happen if I come down there with a the video crew and you explain to the video crew how you are not representing me so I can tell the world? She goes, we'll have you arrested. Great. That's what they should do. That's what you should do then, Ken. Come down with a video crew and get them to tape them having you arrested. That'll blow up big on, uh, on YouTube. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, well, I'm hoping I can get the local media to, uh, to support me on this. And as soon as I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to do my local sh- my show and I'm going to tell the people to listen to me what transpired. Today. Now, Ken, you so, mentioned. Oh, I, I'm curious. You mentioned there is. Uh, you're saying you're, you're an affiliate, and uh, obviously, I'm not aware. I'm an of... internet affiliate. GCN was kind enough to let me be an internet affiliate. I have a. You want me to give the uh, the uh, website? Yeah, I love. I, I've got a big list of okay, uh, affiliates it's, it's, on my it's site. Radio, so radio. It's it's radio ninety four x dot com is the website. So you are not transmitting. You're just internet only. No, no, I'm, well, I'm not, a, no, I'm not broadcasting like terrestrial or anything, no. I see, radio94x.com. So you're running Free Talk Live uh, on your site? Currently right now, sir. Fantastic. Yes. I'll add I run, you to my, I'll... I run you guys. I run most of the GCN programming. See, I wanted to start out, and there's been other issues I've contacted my so-called representative on. So Will you do me a favor, Ken, and call me on those issues a later night? I've got to get to some more phone calls, but I thank you for running the show, and I'll add you to our website on the affiliates list, okay? Thank you, sir. Keep up the good work out there. Anybody that wants to run this show on their internet stream or their you know website, host some archives, whatever you want to do, uh, we'd love having you on board to get this show out into more ears. So let me know, and I'll put you. I'll put a link up. Okay, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Probably not going to get you in, but let's try to get to Dave in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave Montana, going once. Hey, I'd be. Uh, hello. Hey, Dave. You're on the air. Hey. I'd definitely be one of the ones they'd have to put a bullet in the head to get on the train, but then they'd send me to heaven and they'd have to live in hell. Huh? There you go, sir. Absolutely. And uh, the proof of the matter of the the hemp for uh, money, California is the number one economic system in America, and the number one economic system in California is marijuana, $10 billion a year. And, uh, yeah, but it's so, it's going to reduce in value as soon as it's outside no, the black market. You're, you're looking at it from the the get high side. The the cannabis plant you have refineries, cannabis refineries set up that turn it into alcohol, that turn it into oil, that turn it into uh, particle board, that turn it into plastic, that turn it into mm-hmm. anything furniture, and then you have. People growing it and bringing it in and receiving coupons, and then you have people making stuff out of it from the power that you use from the bio generator, and and you could be bringing anything in and getting coupons. It is an amazing crop, I have to say. And Dave, we're short on time. I thank you for the call tonight. It's an amazing crop, an amazing plant. I don't know if it's something you can base an economy on, but if somebody wants to give it a try, it'd be interesting. Hey, California is also the biggest uh, state in the union, so it makes sense that it has the biggest economy. But... Hey, hemp can't hurt an economy, I don't think so. Is California? No. Alaska and Texas Uh, are bigger than California, aren't they? In terms of population? Oh, I thought you meant landmass. No, no, I'm talking about population. There's a lot more people in California. Yes, you are correct about that. All right, we continue here. Uh, Let's go to Mark, the co-host Mark. You're on Free Talk Live. Mark, are you still there? Hello, Mark. Guess he's not there. All right, let's talk instead to Josh in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Josh, in Oklahoma, going once. 
All right. Don't know what that is. Let's go to Tom in Florida. Oh, wait. Was that... Uh, that was Rick Roll, wasn't it? Let's uh, go to Tom in Florida. I think it yeah, that was Rick Roll. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, heard you talking about money earlier, and I'll keep this uh, fairly short because uh, your station is so good at you know disseminating information to different people. About a month or two ago, I ran across a fascinating documentary made in Canada. It's real cute. I think it's done in 10-minute segments. It's mm-hmm. called, you go to Google Video, it's called Money as Debt, D-E-B-T. Money I believe as Debt. I, I believe I've seen it, and it explains it pretty understandably. Yeah, it explains pretty under, uh, easily to uh, in an easy to understand fashion how it is that when banks uh, issue a loan, they aren't actually issuing the loan from any money they have sitting in a vault. They actually literally uh, create the money from thin air, right? Actually, you create the money. You With your are signature, you are the surety for the loan. You literally become the asset for them to then take that and create that into a multiple of loans to loan other people. It's somebody, insane. Somebody told me that really only about the first 25 minutes of that movie are worth watching. Was that you? No. Okay. Because no, I, no. I, think... I, mean, I No, I think no, it's, it's quite good. No, I think it's good from one end to the other. In the end, it has like quotes. They actually quote the, like McKinley and um, uh, uh, Lincoln and Kennedy, uh, their, their stance on money. And, of course, it says they all got assassinated. I think it's worthwhile. Uh, I think definitely at least the tw- first 25 minutes are worthwhile. I didn't watch the rest. I started getting into it, and basically my emailer had told me that much of the rest of it isn't really too principled as far as the message that they're portraying isn't really a principled liberty message, but they get the money part right in the movie, and so it's worth it to, uh, to, to view it and understand it from that viewpoint. I'm short on time. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Money is Debt was the name of that one, and he mentioned it's on Google Video. We're going to try Mark one more time on the amp line. Mark, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, go. you got 20 seconds or so. Oh, well, I've been taking this product called Dex C20. It's been working for me. I've lost uh, five pounds in about uh, six weeks. So uh, I, I recommend it for anyone. It doesn't uh, leave you jittery and weird like a lot of vitamin supplements, or not, excuse me, diet supplements do. Um, so Dex C20, you can get it at Walgreens, CVS, uh, GNC or get it at diet.freetalklive.com. That's diet.freetalklive.com. Great, and we'll see you here tomorrow night back for the show again at that point, right? You will. Very good. See you then, and we'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.